uh, it's kind of fun for me because I get to preach on Mother's Day again. I haven't been able to do that for a whole year. <laughs> Thank you, Marsha. Thank you for allowing me to be here and to be a part of this special day because it is that. It's exactly that. It's a very special day. How many of you here have a mom? Wow. A lot of you. I'm going to have to pray for you. Uh, didn't get your hands up there. That's okay. Uh, the history is truly being a mom is an honored position and uh, the honor of which we would never have if none of us had a mom. Uh, we would never be able to celebrate this day, or, nor would we be here. So we wouldn't even have to worry about that. However, as ministers, sometimes we're reminded not to get too personal about motherhood sometimes because it is a difficult time and place in our culture, and you know about this, and throughout history, there's been hard things that have happened to moms and with moms. For some, motherhood, motherhood was an accident and not always a welcome one. For some, the biological motherhood isn't a possibility, and it's difficult for them to hear Happy Mother's Day. For some, their mothers weren't nice to them when they were growing up, and it was a very difficult thing for them to say Happy Mother's Day. For some, motherhood, uh, under the best of circumstances, is still not a bed of roses. I'm not going to have you raise your hands for some of these, okay? It's not a primrose path to walk down. It's difficult for some, they may have lost their moms to death and the memories are still kind of fresh and some memorable, difficult to deal with. There was a German illustrator. His name was Wilhelm Busch and he wrote this. He said, to become a mother is not so difficult. On the other hand, being a mother is very much so. Right? While many are afraid of offending someone, I believe it's important that we should respect and love them. We should inspect and look at the good things that God does in motherhood and the purposes he gave when he designed a woman to be a mother. So I'm going to go down that road today because it's important for us to be able to realize that even with the difficulties, even with the focus on the bad that happens in our society a lot, even with the stumbling blocks and sleepless nights and the broken dreams and the dirty diapers, even with all the cleanup and all the stained floors and the crayon marked on wallpaper, we're talking about a beautiful natural part of God's creative plan and design. And I want us to welcome His love and nurture in our lives. Moms, we care about you. This church values you. You are important to God. You're not just here on accident today. I believe God has you here on purpose. And we had a wonderful breakfast this morning. Thank you guys who served this morning the breakfast. Yeah, didn't they do a great job? Wow. All the people that worked on that breakfast, wonderful. And there's a cookie time afterwards. We'll get to that later. Okay? So I want us to look at, and, and actually, Henry, some of you know Henry here, this church. Um, Henry actually kind of encouraged me this week to look into this. We got together and we hung out together for quite a while, and, and he asked me questions about moms in the Bible. And so that's what spurred on a part of this sermon here for you today, is my looking into then what were some moms, and here's a couple of specific things that I found. This is out of 2 Timothy, and if you have your own Bibles and you want to open them up today, you can sure do that. I'm looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, and it will be up here on the screen for you to be able to read if you don't have your Bible. Because here Paul is talking specifically with Timothy. 
And this is what he says to his son in the spiritual realm, Timothy. Verse 5 says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. What a heritage! Wow! That faith has gone from just a personal thing to a family thing. I can relate to that scripture just as Paul recognized his faith in Timothy's mother and grandmother. I have had that faith and that life in my home with my mother and my grandmothers who went on before me. It was passed on. Their faith was passed on generation to generation because they had a relationship with God. They saw the value of that relationship and they wanted us to have that relationship too. They saw what benefits would come when we walked with God. We enjoyed Him and got to know Him. They wanted us as children and grandchildren to be able to be a part of that, to be able to experience God's best. Timothy was a little bit like uh, Paul's son in the faith. They hung out a lot together. They traveled a lot together. They knew each other very, very well. And there were times that they didn't just hang out together. They went to each other's homes. And Paul got to go into Timothy's home. He got to see the life that Timothy's grandmother and Timothy's mom had. And it stuck in Paul's mind and in his heart and in his thoughts saying, wow, what a great heritage you have. He had grown up with these great influences in his life whose sincere faith, with, faith was very obvious to all around them. Not just to Timothy, but others could see the same faith living in them. Not only did their faith have a personal impact on their own personal lives, but it had an impact on Timothy's life, who writes in the middle of uh, scriptures, Paul writes, to Timothy and talks about it. Therefore, we too have heard and seen through these scriptures the powerfulness of what this faith is really all about. So it's not just passed on from personal generation to personal generation, but now through God's Word it has been passed on to us so that we can recognize it. We can be able to say, wow, I want that faith in my family. I want to present that kind of faith to my kids and my grandkids. I want them to be able to have and experience the same kind of things that I've had, if not more. Right? I want them to have it and to know it. Not only did their faith have a personal impact on their lives, it had been a faith that was going to be passed on to other generations. Timothy might not have had a similar faith if he wouldn't have had as many examples that they gave him. And I'm going to bring you to some of those examples today because as Paul commends these women's faith, Lois and Eunice, and now in Timothy, Paul commends this faith and he sees that they were truly models of conviction. Now I titled my sermon this morning, My Mom's a Model. Mm-hmm. How are we going to be models? Are we going to do this? Or are we going to do this? What are we going to model for our kids? What is going to be the thing that will have the most impact on those around us in the world to help them to find out what a real model looks like, acts like, lives like? 
So if you have in your bulletins, by the way, there's an outline. And if you want to follow along in there, I've put some blank spaces for you to be able to fill in. So you'll be able to take this home and be able to evaluate it and pray about it and think about it. And I've heard that some of you even have full copies of the whole sermon there. So if you want to be able to follow along, it's there for you. And uh, you'll probably be able to find it online as well. But let me step here again and find out about the mother's faith because Paul is recognizing that in Eunice and Lois, they had, number one, they were models of conviction. Conviction. Paul calls it a sincere and genuine faith. It wasn't accidental. It wasn't just once. They didn't just pray once a week for dinner. It was a sincere and a genuine faith. Do you know what that looks like? Do you know what that is? In Acts 16.1, Paul talks and writes about when he first came to Derby and then went to Lystra. There he found a disciple named Timothy whose mother was a Jewess and a believer. In other words, she had been in the Jewish faith all of her life. She was a strong follower of God, but now she was a believer in Jesus Christ. Her conviction changed from just saying, I love God, to I love God and His Son that I now know personally. It became a conviction that wrapped her up. Paul knew of their faith in God and their strong convictions, and he saw them as being sincere and genuine. Don't you love those words? Sincere and genuine. Those are marks of conviction. Sincere, genuine faith. Do you have sincere, genuine faith? Or are you trusting in someone else to maybe have faith for you? It's good to have faith for each other as we pray over each other and help each other and encourage each other. However, there's a point where we need to take on for ourselves a sincere, a genuine faith and trust in God that goes beyond all other things. It doesn't matter what the people around us are doing. What matters is our sincere, genuine faith in God and how that's expressed and lived out and seen in us. Amen? That's a strong statement. To have a family be able to say of our faith it's sincere and genuine. Our mom, our grandmother, they have a sincere, genuine faith and it's rubbing off on me. What happens when you rub your hands together really fast? Go ahead and try it. Just rub them really, really fast and hard together. Guess what? They get hot, huh? They get really, really warm, right? Sincere and genuine faith causes the warmth of God's presence to be with you. Heat it up, right? Bring that faith to life so there's conviction in what you're doing. Not just hope that something may be getting across somewhere, somehow. No, live it out with conviction. That's what they were doing. Paul verified these convictions in these three ways. This is in your outline also. Verification number one, it was a scriptural faith. They knew about faith because it had been written about. It had been lived out in generations before. They had watched it. They heard about those examples. It was a scriptural faith. It was something that God had implanted in people's hearts from prophets and priests and kings throughout all of history into their families that had been incorporated into their country, into their land, into their communities. Faith was a major part of their life, and it was lived out in the scriptures. Was it always perfect? <clears throat> nope. But God. He drew people back to himself in love and he said, come on, take this faith on. This is the best and right thing you can have and do. So do it. 
Verification number two, it was not just a, a, by the way, that scripture there, from childhood he had known the holy scriptures. That was in uh, verse 15. He had known those holy scriptures. Number two, it was a trusting faith. We have a responsibility to demonstrate trust in God to others. If you don't trust God, you don't have that responsibility because you don't know what I'm talking about. You guys know that we just came through the fire in paradise, right? You guys know and understand that we lost everything in that fire in paradise. Did we lose our faith because of that? Did we drop our faith in God or did it magnify our trust in God in the middle of everything being lost? It magnified it, huh? It is continuing to magnify it. It's not just something that happened and you'll get over it. No, because we have that conviction and it's a scriptural faith, it is a scriptural foundation, we recognize that that is to be built on by trusting God all the more today. Amen? Now, both Eunice and Lois were probably introduced to a relationship with Jesus Christ through Paul when he had come through their town several years earlier. He had probably been on his second missionary journey, and he had been through their region, and at that time, he shared with them how the Old Testament Scriptures were fulfilled in Jesus Christ, how he had become the Christ, and he was the one to redeem and set them free. And because of that, Lois and Eunice had chosen to then put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Redeemer as Yeshua, their Savior, their salvation. And when they put their trust in Him, they found a new relationship, and their faith developed and grew stronger. They began to trust in God and what He did through His Son, Jesus Christ. There's power in that. This is the same process of spiritual influence that, in, that touches our lives today. We know that God is real. We have the scriptural truth and faith, and we've seen the background. We've read about it. We've heard about it in others. But then Jesus came and fulfilled all of those promises and scriptures that were presented. He fulfilled it in what he did by dying for our sins, becoming a sacrifice for our sins so that when we trust in him we could be set free from the power of sin and death and have a free gift of eternal life in heaven I don't know about you but I'm pretty thankful for that it's not just a future promise there is this whole issue of trusting God today to be able to walk with him today is a powerful part of life it's not just something to look forward to someday in heaven Oh, it will be there too. It'll be magnified, right? However, today is a day for us to put our trust in Him. Today is a day for us to walk with Him and find Him real in our lives and experience Him. This is, again, one of my favorite scriptures, and it's a part of our processing the spiritual influence in our lives called trust, and it's from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will direct your paths. There is a trust factor that is a major part of conviction. If you don't trust God, you're not going to have any conviction in Him, right? If you do, it's going to amplify that conviction to greater, higher, newer levels because you're actually finding that trust is worthwhile and it's powerful, and it's real, and it's glorious to walk in. There's also a third verification about this conviction, and it is 
a growing faith. Some people say, and don't get me wrong, I was saved in 1922. That's good enough. No, God wants us to walk with Him every day. He doesn't want us to just trust in what happened. He wants to be happening in you now. He doesn't want there to be a hope of eternal life. He wants that eternal life to be in you now, alive in you today, growing in you today. Absolutely His work today. He wants it to be real in you. That's a growing faith. A conviction is full of growing faith. Conviction is because it wasn't just back then. Yes, praise the Lord, you were saved in 1922. Absolutely celebrate it, but don't just live there. Your faith is to be a growing faith. It's to be a shared faith. Oh, we got more, we got more, we got more. So there's a scriptural faith, a trusting faith, a growing faith. Now these ladies were models also, B, of character. Paul wrote here in this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, But as for you, continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. He's talking to Timothy. Continue in these things, knowing from whom you have learned them. His mother Lois, his grandmother Eunice. Continue in them. That's a part of the growing. You'll see the flow here in this whole sermon. Only a godly mother can communicate the deeper things of life on a daily basis. Moms that don't have a relationship with God don't understand that this is a growing life that is absolutely vital in faith, not just physical, not just school. There is a faith element, a trust in God element that is so much bigger and greater, which develops your character. It changes who you are because you become not just invested in a good idea, it's not an investment like the world gives with empty promises. It is a promise that is going to move on through this generation, the next generation, the next generation. What does God say about blessing the generations of people? He's going to bless hundreds of generations of those who trust in Him. Some of us are praying for those second generation ones right now. Right? praying that the third might actually find their hope and trust. You live out your faith with conviction. You live out your faith in the character of who you are in Christ Jesus, and it will become shared with them so they will be able to understand and see it in you and want to grow in it and develop that in their lives, right? It's kind of like the little boy who forgot his lines in Sunday school. It was in a presentation. The little kids were coming up front, and they had a little presentation, and his mother was in the front row trying to prompt him and help him with the things that he was saying for this little class thing that they were doing. She was gesturing him, and she was trying to help him with the words because he fought, forgot a couple words. And, and so finally, uh, she leaned forward, and she got right up close, and, and she prompted him with those words of what he was to say, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. The little boy all of a sudden got really happy, and he was like going, okay, okay. And so the mom kind of sat back down in the front row and was smiling because he had got it, and he goes, my mom is the light of the world. <laughs> yes, she was living her convictions and prompting and encouraging him, but also she was in her character demonstrating who Christ was, and you know what? This little boy got it. Yes, it was about Jesus being the light of the world, but he saw Jesus in his mom. And that love and that character was growing. 
How did this mother be the light of the world? Timothy probably could have said that about his mom and his grandma as well, right? They were also women of character who, number one, shared their faith. They didn't keep their faith to themselves and said, oh yeah, I have faith. Blessed are those who don't have faith. No, that's not what Jesus said. We are to share our faith with others. Because if we want our family, if we want our friends and our neighbors to find the hope of eternal life, we have to live it before them. Not only with, with uh, conviction, but also with character of our life. How does that work? We talk about it. We speak often about our faith. Just because your neighbor doesn't know Jesus Christ doesn't mean you have to keep that life to yourself. The world will tell you, shut up, sit down, go to the background, don't listen in, don't participate in that stuff. We don't want the world to know about this Jesus stuff. Jesus said, I am the light of the world so that you can be the light of the world. When he left, he said, now you are the light of the world. So truly that little boy was correct when he said, my mom is the light of the world. Because it's Jesus that now lives in us that brings us to not just a hope, but a true future. A true future. They were women of character who didn't just talk about their faith, they lived it. That's number two. They lived their faith. Some of this may feel redundant, but I tell you, it is so powerfully accurate in coming through. They were absolutely women of conviction, scriptural faith, trusting faith, growing faith. They were models of character who shared their faith, who lived their faith. These women didn't just consider faith something to hold on to, to grasp for themselves personally. It was something to be lived out so that people could see it and be drawn to this Christ that we now know. It is to be experienced, not just thought about. Jesus is not a good thought. He's a pretty hard thought. And he covers a whole lot of territory in what he's done for us because he loved us so much he gave up all of heaven to come and die to pay the penalty for your sins. He gave up all of heaven's glory to come and die for you? Seriously? You've sinned just like I have, right? He died to take away the penalty of your sins so that you could go to heaven. Not only just go to heaven, but to be able to live out your faith today, to share your faith today, to be actively involved in Him today. Amen. Growing in that, developing that, sharing that, because they had a sincere and a genuine faith. It was being lived out in everyday life. If you're a business person, it is okay to live out Jesus in your workplace. I didn't hear one amen. Amen. Come on, Carrie, back this up here. Okay. It's not just okay. It's a part of your character. The world doesn't understand character. It doesn't understand conviction. Unless you sing a really good song on TV to be voted on by a lot of people. No, conviction is something that goes beyond a moment. It goes into all of your life. It is pressed into you because it is godly character. It is godly presence. It is godly love that shines out of you. Right? So we live in it. We don't just think about it. We talk about it and share it. We live it out in our character. Number three, 
Paul commends their faith because he saw that these women were models of influence. Oh my goodness, these women were models. They were walking a walkway of life. It was not a moment in a specific dress or outfit or whatever to walk up and down and have people gawk at them. No, people still gawked at them because they had conviction. They had character. And now Paul is sharing the fact that they were models of influence. They influenced others because they lived out their conviction and they lived in such a way with the characteristics of godliness in their lives that it impacted positively those people around them. So when they looked, they really were gawking. I've never seen anyone that looked like that. Oh my goodness, did you see them? They have character. They have values. Wow. What am I missing in my life? I need those same kind of convictions. I need those same kind of characteristics in me because I see the value of what they bring to the table when they're walking up and down the streets, when they're walking around in their neighborhood, when they're talking to their friends and their family, they see it. And they're going, we need that in our lives. When you're at a PTA meeting, hello, stand up and be recognized for your character, for your convictions. Stand up because you are a person of influence. You're not just about yesterday. You're about today and tomorrow. You're taking that influence. You're taking that character. You're taking those convictions to the world that is desperate for that kind of light in life. And if you don't have that kind of light in life, you better start seeking it because God wants to give it to you. And he's going to say, trust me, I'll build it in you. Right, Mary? He's going to build it in you. He's going to develop it in you. He's going to take it beyond any other place that you've been in your life until you really seek him, you really find him. You begin to live out that character. You begin to live out those convictions, and you will become a person of influence. These women were doing that exact thing. They were becoming people of influence because of what they were living. Here's Psalms 131.2. This is what it says. This is, I, I love David's writings. I don't know about you. I love the Psalms. In Psalms 131, verse 2, it says this. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. My soul is at peace because my mom has brought me peace. She lived out her convictions. She was a woman of character. And she was a woman of influence which brought me as a child peace. I don't know, what do you think? Is peace something valued and important in our lives today? William McKinley was a president of the United States. Many of you learned about him in history. Some of you met him personally. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. But he stayed in touch with his mom every day, okay? He did it every day. He would either telegraph her if he didn't see her in the White House or talk to her in some way or another. Her Christian character helped mold him. This Ohioan became a president in the White House. He began to live out some of those things that he saw demonstrated in his mom's life that he talked to every day. One day, he was in Buffalo, New York, and he was gunned down. Some of you might know the history of this. He was gunned down, shot. He didn't die immediately, but he was in that process. And as he went into the hospital, he was in there, and uh, he literally said, I have no bitterness toward my assassin. And with Christ-like courage on his deathbed, he said, God's will be done. Then he asked those around him to sing his mother's favorite song. Was there influence in his mom? Yes. 
nearer my God to thee, nearer to thee. I won't sing it all for you, but he was wanting them to sing a song that influenced him in his childhood because his mom sang her faith. She lived it. She had convictions. She understood by living her character out that she would become a person of influence. She was influencing the President of the United States with her faith. Oh, Lord, would that that happen again. His mother's faith had a continuing impact on his life all the way to the end, and I pray that it will have a continuing impact on every president of our United States. I don't care what party they're a part of. I care about what happens to them spiritually. I care about what happens in their thoughts, in their wisdom, in their direction, that they will trust God and not intuition. Oh, I feel good about that. Oh, let's do that. One mom was filling out a form in the pediatrician's office. You've probably seen forms like this, moms, if you've been in there. You have to fill out all this information every time you go in, right? You got your kids with you. You're constantly filling out forms for them. And she was in this pediatrician's office filling it out, and it came to this spot that said, Occupation. She's a mom. She's taking her kid in. What is this supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? Well, after it was writ after the, she saw that word occupation, it said this, if you devote to the greater part of your time to loving, caring, and making a home for your family, put a big star in this space. Bing! I think all pediatricians' offices should have that. So what? While Paul was privileged to, drink, to bring these faithful women into a personal relationship with Christ somewhere in their journey, he was reminded of now how that faith had grown, it had been lived out, and it had been passed on to their son and grandson, Timothy. Paul had stayed in their home. He was impressed by both Eunice and, and Lois. By the way, if you're ever in someone's home for very long, you'll get to know them, right? If you're around people from paradise after the fire, I guarantee you if they were displaced into another person's home or into another place's, whatever it might be, you get to know who they are, right? Well, you might not know that, but we do. Yeah. You get to know them. I have to say this. A mother's influence never dies. It can be positive or negative. So pray for her and with her often. If your mom has passed, thank the Lord for her and then become the person that God wants you to be above and beyond. If you're a mom today, I, I'm just going to ask you to stand just really quick. Go ahead and stand. If you're a mom, go ahead and stand. could be a grandma, but you wouldn't be a grandma if you weren't a mom first, right? Okay, moms, thank you. Let's bless them for just another moment. Thank them again for who they are. Stay standing. Now, I want you to find a mom and stand with her for a moment, and I'm going to pray for our moms, okay? So get around a mom. Everybody find a mom somewhere around. I want you to get next to a mom, and if, they're, and if you're not near a mom, go and find one that's standing that doesn't have someone near her. Find a mom. Be with them. Sit with them. Stand with them, whatever it is. <clears throat> because they are to be our models in the church. They are to be our models at home. They are to be our models in our society. And they can't be models without other support. 
So it's time we support them. It's time we love them and pray for them. It's time we invest in them and care for them enough to help them to find those places where they're not just living conviction, not just having character, but being people of influence everywhere they go. So let's pray for them. If I, I don't know. You don't have to put your hands on them if you want to, but let's lift them up that are near you right now in prayer. Okay? Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in love ordained marriage, you ordained moms and dads, but you ordained these women to be able to stand with families. And you gave them children to be able to grow and desire to have them grow into your likeness, not just theirs. I pray, God, that you will bless our moms with an incredible sense of your presence today, with an incredible sense of your love today. Pour out your blessings on them. Give them more of you. Give them more conviction. Give them more of your character. Give them more influence that they can stand and be lights for you where they live. I thank you for our moms. I thank you for encouraging them. And I thank you for blessing them in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, don't go anywhere. Stay right there. Now, whatever mom you stood next to, sat next to, prayed for, I want you to make sure and get their name and number because this week, every day, I want you to pray for them by name. So you need to get that mom's name and you need to find a way to pray for that mom this week, every day, once, at least once a day, all week long. So go ahead and ask them for their name and get whatever you need to from them. Or if you don't want to do it right now, we're going to have a cookie time in a minute and back. Get their name and their number so you can pray for them every day this week. We want our moms to be moms of conviction, of character, and of influence, right? So we are going to be standing with them. We're not just going to be hoping for them to do well. We are going to stand with them as if we are Aaron, holding up the arms of those who are standing in their places doing that work. Conviction, character, influence. It's where we are to live. Paul commends their faith and asks us to be the same kind of faith people even if you're not a mom. He wants us to stand and do the same thing no matter who we are. You can be seated. He wants us though to take on those characteristics, those convictions, and to be those influences. So let's all be that kind of person. Let's all choose to be that kind of a person. If we want to see God work in this church, we're going to be the church. We're not going to be talk about someone else's church. We are going to be the church. We are going to be God's people here in this place living out our convictions in Jesus Christ and His Father, His Holy Spirit. We're going to live out our convictions with them. We're going to live that out through our character everywhere we go. We're going to live it out for people to see. That's how we will be people of influence. Here, in our community, thank you, Lord, for taking this community. In our city, yes, you're going to have influence. Don't you dare look the other way. God wants us to be people of influence right where we live. Don't look anywhere else. You are right where God has planted you. And he has you here on purpose. I don't care your age. I don't care your education. I don't care your social standing. And that does not matter. You are where God has you so that you can be the people of his. Amen? The Lord bless you on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Mothers, what an honor to be with you today. You are loved. And I tell you what, your church is going to care for you. We're not going to give up on you. We're going to thank God for the influence you're going to have because you're going to stand in those convictions and that character.
Amen? Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I feel stronger. Amen? Hey, we've had food in there. We've had food in here. And now we get to go home and we get to feed others. That's right. We get to feed others, moms. Amen? Okay, we've got a job to do. Right now, we are going to continue our worship by the giving of our tithes and offerings. And if the ushers would please prepare. And we do have a very special um, song today that's going to be sung for us today. Ushers, if you would come forward. Father God, we count it great joy, joy, cheerful joy, to give back to you a small portion of what already belongs to you for the work of the kingdom here at First Church. We thank you for this opportunity to do that. We let go of it and let you do your thing and reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Some 